Welcome to the Happy in the Mess podcast. We are your hosts, Marlena, Sherry, and Matthew. We are therapists and coaches, and we want to share our own stories with you, as well as the wisdom, insights, and tips we've learned along the way. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. So last week, we talked about desire discrepancy and how that can really cause a hiccup in a relationship. And it got me thinking, how many other types of disappointment can we experience in a relationship? Um, How do we handle disappointment without feeling like we have to throw the whole relationship away? Um, And all sorts of other topics around that. And to do that today, we welcome you to Happy in the Mess with our two amazing experts in mental health counseling and coaching. We have Marlena, the single spiritual coach, and we have Sherry, the couple's relationship coach. So, And I am Matthew Morgan. As a reminder, please like, share, subscribe, uh, whatever you want to do to show that you like this podcast. Send us questions. We absolutely love being able to answer those. Um, and it makes a big difference to other people who are needing this information too. So if you want more information, you can actually find all of us on our own platforms. Uh, and so just real quick, Marlena, where can people find you and what you're, what are you working on? Yeah, you can go to coachmarlena.com and sign up to get um, to be on my newsletter and get some free meditations. And I am, you know, using a neuroscientific approach to one-on-one coaching. So book a consult call with me and we can discuss how to uh, level up your love life, among other things, if you're single. Awesome. Great, great ways to hopefully handle disappointments in relationships. And we'll talk more about that in a bit. So Amen. How, how about you, Sherry? Where can people find you? Yeah, the best way to connect with me is in my Facebook group. It's called Date Night Community, and it supports couples who are in roommate syndrome, helps them break out of it and reconnect, rekindle, and reclaim their relationship. Absolutely. What a great opportunity people have to do that and get that information they need for that. So um, absolutely. And all these, I love being a coach and being a counselor because we do talk to people who are just inherently disappointed. I hear a lot of times that expression, like things aren't supposed to be this way, um, or I wasn't expecting this, or what, it, what it, you know, all sorts of different variations of that. So I might be curious, just as we put our feelers out, what are some ways that the two of you have seen that people really experience disappointments in the various relationships they have? Well, something that I've um, often experienced with um, clients I don't want to say often, but it comes up a lot is this uh, disappointment with parents, actually feeling disappointed that parents aren't more supportive or empathetic listener or, and, and clients can often feel either judged or like they don't, they can't connect. And uh, that's just a common one I see a lot, even if they're in a primary relationship and have good friendships, this disappointment with parents can, can often be a problem. Definitely. Yeah. And we're talking adult parent child here. So Mm -hmm. yeah, trying to renegotiate that relationship. So definitely some, some opportunities there for that. What about you, Sherry? Mm -hmm. Well, I think you don't have to scratch the surface very much before you find disappointment in relationships. And for me, that's a lot in your primary love relationship with your, your spouse or long-term partner. Um, But that can be, disappointment in friends, that can be disappointment in colleagues, disappointment in your kids. Like there are a lot of places where we can feel really deep hurt that comes from feeling disappointed uh, by someone else's action or inaction. 
whether they mean it or it's by accident. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What off the cuff here a little bit, but what are maybe some signs that we're fighting disappointment? What does this emotion feel like? I know for me, a lot of times, especially with the ND community, we, we, we get these thoughts and we have these sensations. And we don't know what to do with them. And you know, a lot of times it's being able to label it and say, oh, are you disappointed in this situation? You know, so if we reverse engineer that, what are, what are maybe some signs or some symptoms that people are experiencing disappointment in their loved ones? I think I see a lot of um, anger and outrage. Now, I don't mean like outrage in a big way, but that like, how could that happen? Why? Why? You know, that kind of outrage where you're just trying to find that answer to why. Um, why is such a deceptive question? It seems like it would be easy to answer, but it's really hard to have insight into even why you did something and then to try and understand and and get that simplistic answer from someone else so that it makes sense to you. I think that outrage is really what I see a lot on the surface. You don't have to mm -hmm. dig too deep before people realize that they're hurt and disappointed. Uh, and I think I see those two go together a lot. Yeah, I, to second what Sherry said, sometimes, you know, if we think of like rage being on the far end of the spectrum of anger and confusion actually being um, part of that, like this confused, this confusion over like what happened and, and, and why I get the why question a lot. Like, I don't understand. I said this in a very neutral voice. I don't understand, you know, like this lack <laughs> When I start when people start acting very confused, it's always a little red flag. And also feeling the need to over explain or justify something like I this sense of like, but no, like you, you didn't understand. Let me explain it again. Or like this over. Yeah. Over explaining can be also a sign internally that something's a little off. You know, that is often called defensiveness and in, in lots of relationships. And I think that can be a clue that someone else might be feeling disappointed. We often see that defensiveness in the other person. And we're like, why are you like attacking me? But maybe that's a clue that they're feeling disappointed in something. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. It is. So paying attention to those inner emotions really becomes important. Um, I, sometimes I'll use that analogy of, of anger as it, really not a primary emotion um, and so it's a lot of times it's like a check engine light where if we can pause and figure out what's going on below this you know or under the hood or below the surface here we're like where are these feelings coming from and I'm, I'm hearing that from you that you know when we're hurt disappointed like it does come out as anger um, you know so what it, like so part of it is trying to figure out where that's just coming from so what are uh, and this leads a little bit here, but what are some problematic ways? Because uh, obviously there's anger and, and we act out of anger in different ways. But what are some, like if we're not handling disappointment, um, what are some ways that you've seen people indicate that they're not handling it well? Um, all of the ways. I don't know. <laughs> <All> of, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> hurting themselves, hurting other people. Um, I think of in relationships, a lot of times, People will process their own emotions, their own feelings about something by blasting it out on someone else. And we don't often think about that, like processing those emotions, but really it's, I feel bad. I want to stop feeling bad. 
I'm going to yell at you. I'm going to hope that makes me not feel bad. And it might in the moment, I might feel okay that you deserve that, or I'm speaking my mind or standing up for myself. But what ends up happening then is it becomes more of a breach in the relationship. And often people walk away from those situations, then feeling more disappointed in themselves. But I think that disappointment in other people and that disappointment in ourselves often they're like really closely connected. Hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting, Sherry. I would add to that maybe to some um, um, festering resentment that may take the form of passive aggressive behavior and, and this like being counting or like really taking um, score about like who's done what and what's owed now. Um, and this, you know, not feeling treated fairly. And um, yeah, that can be very destructive over time. Like, yeah. I have to ask about this because I come from a counting family. And I don't know, as I talk about this with people, a lot of people resonate with this. Um, My family has a long history of like keeping track to the point that my grandmother had a black book where she would keep track of the gift that she gave and the thank you card that she got back. And Mm. so this is, I I have legacy of this. I Mm. hadn't thought of it as connected to disappointment in relationship, but it probably, probably that's what's at the heart of it, isn't it? Perhaps, you know, (laughs) yeah, perhaps. Um, it's and, guarding and, against yeah. the disappointment, probably. Mm-hmm. A lot of disappointment, too, in relationships stems from I had an expectation that either wasn't really stated or understood by the other party. And so when the thing doesn't happen or it happens a different way, I'm feeling disappointed. But perhaps sometimes that expectation was never communicated anyway. Um, yeah. I take that one step further. I think a lot of times we don't stop and identify our expectations. So then we go through Mm -hmm. the situation, the other person doesn't meet it, and we get to the other side and we're like, but you should have, because now I realize that you should have, but I didn't, I didn't even notice it myself, much less communicate it to the other person. Classic example of this, I think is like birthdays or anniversaries or special occasions when one person's like, oh, I, I don't really want anything and don't make a fuss. And then the day comes and no one's made a fuss and there's no presence or there's no acknowledgement. And then that person's really hurt either because a, they didn't really think that they needed a fuss, but you know, they wanted to feel special and it wasn't communicated and people took them at their word perhaps. And then we have this day that ends up being very disappointed for the person who wanted to be celebrated. For example, I think that's a classic example of how this, this is a obvious normal example of how this happens. Yeah. And so, so the word that sticks out for me is celebrated because I think most people would say acknowledged or valued. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that word of celebrated is a lot that, that has that elevated status. Like I want you to put me on a pedestal and treat me as special. And I think what people really want is for other people to feel like they're worth something and Mm -hmm. to act out of that. But they Mm -hmm. say, no, I don't need anything. And what they're saying is, I don't need to ask for something. What I want you to do is to to spend the day 
acting out your feeling towards me. And that, that would be something I wouldn't have to ask for. That'd be something that you would spontaneously do because of how you feel about me. Mm-hmm. It's a lovely way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's great. And, and the, the tie-in with the ND community, just because we think about things so differently, uh, I appreciate that. Like, we need to get to the term of what those words actually mean. We need to understand ourselves. Um, I, I know... The, the first thing that jumped to mind was uh, I had a, a parent who was loved to celebrate the birthdays out uh, and make a big to do. Um, and, and a certain child in the relationship does not like to be the center of attention, believe it or not, uh, it, out in public, especially. Um, and it got to that point of having to communicate and just say, hey, like, we're not going to do this anymore if you're going to keep breaking these boundaries. But that didn't mean don't celebrate nothing you know it's it's like let's celebrate this and celebrate some of these these bits and pieces so even uh, in that example it like this is where the disappointment in relationships come from now i'm going to give this other person the benefit of the doubt because i don't know them or what they're about but it could have been that she felt that this was the way that she expressed that Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so for her, that felt like that spontaneous outpouring of care and appreciation. And you said, but that doesn't feel caring to me. And so she said, but I don't then have a way of celebrating you, of right. showing you your value and worth. And just that little exchange of her expectations, your expectations, her expectations. And in the end, did any of them get met? I don't know. Mm. It's only yeah. if you can be flexible yeah. to be able to meet in the middle somewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And, and that's a great backdrop. I mean, th- and that's just with relationships and, and what we said earlier, whether it's a parent-child relationship or a marital relationship or coworkers, um, there, there's always a, a, a negotiation of these boundaries. And I think what I'm hearing, um, and I love th- that concept because I've heard it from both of you, we have to know ourselves and know what's going on inside of us so that we're not disappointed. What are my needs? But we also have to communicate those and, and hope they happen. So with that in mind, I think maybe, you know, moving to what are some functional ways that we can communicate these in relationships? How do we, you know, it, maybe insulate against disappointment or, or work with disappointment when it does happen? I'm going to take a moment here. I think that couples really set themselves up for disappointment because of this advice that we should tell our partner what we need. They can't read our minds. And uh, sometimes, a lot of times that comes off as, so I've sat in my own self and I have thought about what I need. And then I come up with the action that you need to do so that I get that need met. So instead of saying, I need to feel appreciated or I need to feel valued, you say, I need you to tell me that I look good once a day, or I need you to greet me in the morning with a hug. And while that sounds perfectly reasonable, it's a very reasonable request. It also puts your partner in an unwinnable situation if that's not something that is easy for them or comes spontaneous for them, excuse me, or is something that they, they can see themselves doing. So then you're asking them to do something 
that maybe doesn't fit for them either authentically or something that they'll remember to do. So I really, so this practical thing about like, figure out what you need and tell your partner, excellent advice, but also understanding that they then can, they have some room to interpret that so that they can do it from an authentic place rather than a robotic place. If I'm, so I'm catching right, like there, and I appreciate this, right? Like, so a couple, you know, member A just says, hey, I need you to paint the living room blue to say that, you know, to, so that I feel loved in this. And, and partner B is like, we don't, you know, I don't like blue paint or, you know, I can't paint or whatever it may be, right? I'm not able to meet that. So there's a disappointment. But I, I also heard another factor in there, which was like, even if the partner B does it, they did it because they were asked to and not because it was a spontaneous point of affection. Is that right. right. So there's all these setups in it. So absolutely telling your partner what you need. I need help getting the, this room painted. Like that's what the need is. The mm. need isn't, I need you to go to the store, get the paint, do the painting. And I walk in and it's already done. The need is that beginning part, the, the birthday celebration. I need to know that you're thinking about me this day. I need to see some expression of that. That's very different than I have, I, I need this gift. I need it to arrive this day, this time, this way. I need these people to show up for my party that you're going to surprise me with. Like, so starting with that need, not starting with the action that's the result. It, this is one yeah. of my soapbox things because I think people <laughs> actually set people up. They set their loved ones up for failure. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the ways they do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can appreciate both, however. I appreciate the fact that like allowing the other person to sort of come up with their own way of acknowledging or validating or affirming the partner or their loved one, their child, their whatever. And then I can also appreciate some directness. Like it has been, it's sometimes a huge relief just to know, oh, you want flowers. That's, I can, I can somehow make that work. You know, like sometimes it's just really nice to know instead of constantly trying to guess, like, what is it? I have a parent who's very hard to please in this way. Like I never know what to get. So I ask. And, and then he tells me and I go and do it and we're both happy because I want to acknowledge her, but I don't know what it is that she always wants. So I like being told sometimes this is the thing that's going to make me happy. And I'm like, done, I can do that. That's the trick of this, because if you start with the need, then your partner can come back and say, well, what would that look like? And you can say, but flowers, I want flowers. And they could say, oh, that's easy for me. Or they can say, you know, I hate getting cut flowers. They die. And then I feel bad. Would a plant work the same way? You know, and then it mm -hmm. becomes a back and forth discussion. But absolutely, if you want very clear directions, then just ask your spouse. Like, and if that's something you can do, perfect. Or your parent or your child or your loved one or your coworker. Yeah. Just, or your friend. Like, yeah, yeah I mean, all those two. All <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just saying, like, sometimes it's just very cut and dry, and, and the other person's grateful to know the cut and dry answer. <laughs> yeah. There's a, a, a song by uh, Trans Siberian Orchestra um, where they, uh, it's all about 
meet, meeting the needs of this uh, runaway child, um, and particularly at Christmas season. And one of the lines in there is, is to know who needs help. You only need, uh, you, you only have to ask or you only must ask, I think is what it is, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I think sometimes that getting that point of being able to ask and be vulnerable, right? Ask for our needs, ask what needs, you know, be able to see that in the, the other partner too and, and the other person, you know? Because um, I, I think what I'm catching today is sometimes we are blind to even our own insides. Mm -hmm. you know? And so. sometimes though, when we communicate what we need and the other person really cannot give it, like that that's a, begins to begin a different conversation. Like, uh, you know, I've worked with people who, you know, that phrase or that saying, you know, don't keep going to the hardware store for bread. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes a person's just not going to be able to give you the emotional support or validation that you need. And so to keep going is, is just painful to yourself and to redirect that to someone who can give it. Um, because some people just, that's just not what they're selling. You know, if you need a hammer, they got it, but they're not going to give you a carton of eggs. So also kind of knowing who who is the soft place to land with, that that's what you're needing and who isn't. And, and, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with the other person. It's just sort of like the rose in the tulip garden. Like, both are perfectly fine flowers, but they don't grow well together. Like, yeah. yeah. Being on the receiving end of that, the other side, this is an unpopular opinion, but it is better for you to tell the other person, no, I can't do that, than to lead them to believe that you can or to say yes, but knowing that you're, you really have no intention of doing that or no capability of doing that. And yes, they're going to be disappointed but they will be less disappointed than when they get to that moment and it doesn't happen. Yeah, absolutely. That, that resonate, my ADHD side is just nodding vigorously in there because there are so many of those moments that I, I disappoint myself. Um, and I know working with other ADHDers, like we have the same thing. Like, yeah, I wish I could, you know, be, be more organized, or I wish I could do, you know, be more on time or, or more present. Um, I, I've had times just full transparency where I've been looking right at my wife and she's talking and I, and she looks at me and she's like, you're not here, are you? And I'm like, nope, sorry, we're gonna have to try it again, you know, and that it's, mm -hmm. I get it, it's frustrating, you know, and, you know, but I think what you guys are saying, like, as we just continue to, to work and connect and, you know, and, and be honest, you know, if I had tried to bluff my way through that, I'm sure my wife would have uh, been been even more upset um, about that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I don't bluff well. Um, so, but yeah, so I, I'm hearing a lot of, uh, I hear differentiation, I think, is the therapy term is, is like, let's make sure our needs are out there. And we're trying to not put all those needs on the other person, but we are trying to present them in terms of can we meet this? Mm -hmm. So, so a lot of that, I hear communication as a skill, um, you know, hopefully some empathy in here and trying to put ourselves in the other person's shoes. So compassion and forgiveness. Ooh. Yeah. And not holding on to that grudge for years and years. I mean, there's so much, you know, that can build if it's not talked about or processed or worked through, which is really unfair to the relationship. If you intend to keep it, you know, the, the scorekeeping and the holding on to old grudges really, I, I think can be very just destructive. Yeah. I think it's the repeated nature that really feeds that. Um, and in lots of relationships being let down the same way, 
is is deeply problematic. So letting either recognizing what that person can give and then asking them for that versus things they can't give. Um, even even to the point of like not giving someone the power to hurt you that way again and again. And that you really can still preserve that relationship, but that you still can have some boundaries that say, uh, you know, it's not okay for you to keep letting me down in this space. Mm-hmm. And we can't ask other people to hold our boundaries. So we really are the responsible party to do that. Um, boundaries are meant to protect us, not punish the other person. Mm-hmm. I think that sometimes that gets confusing when we're feeling disappointed and angry at someone. I'm going to make a boundary in order to make you suffer rather than I'm going to make a boundary just to prevent myself from keep getting hurt in this way. Yeah, that's really powerful. Yeah. So don't we don't want to beat the neighbor with our fence post. We just want to put it where it needs to be, you know. Right, right. And that can be so, so many various things, like such as like not discussing certain topics with the person because you know every time that comes up, it's it's going to be a point of contention and you won't get your needs met, the support you need or whatever, or or not picking up the phone at a certain time or whatever, not visiting in a certain place. I mean, it, it can vary so greatly what that looks like for each person and they're negotiable over time. I think sometimes we think when we set a boundary, there it is forever. This is the way it's going to, and that's not true either, you know allowing yourself the grace to move it around as you as you feel safe and as you want to and as you want to try and experiment but knowing that ultimately like you're responsible for your own happiness and your own boundaries and no one else can really do it for you yeah absolutely there's great thoughts and i appreciate both of you and and your takes on this and i think it's so important and maybe that's one of the things i've really taken home today too is um and hopefully our listeners are as well um, that this is not a simple issue. It's it's not something you can sit in an Excel sheet and say, if A, B, then C, right? Is, is we have to be able to talk this out and really kind of figure out what's going on inside of us, um, which shameless promotion here. I think it sounds like that's a great avenue for a, a coach or a, a counselor as well. So, mm-hmm. um, and I know both of you work with, you know, areas like this, because I mean, this is a human emotion. It's something that so many of us have and maybe don't quite communicate as well. Um, mm-hmm. We'd even even talked uh, just just prior to this about the the parasocial disappointment. So disappointment in our political leaders or you know in the way that movies go. So this has this large rippling effect. So mm-hmm. um, any last minute thoughts as far as what what you offer or or what you would want somebody to really take home today on this topic of of disappointment and dealing with disappointment? Well, I just want to say to my single population, if you are single and you're and you're longing or wanting to be in a relationship that, you know, don't necessarily wait for someone else to start meeting those needs. There are ways to start meeting them yourself just for a more satisfying life in the meantime. For example, if you have touch needs, like books yourself a massage, be open with your friends about wanting hugs, you know, you know, if you enjoy flowers and love getting them on dates, go buy yourself some fresh flowers. Like I would just say, don't delay or wait for those kinds of things to give them, you know, just because someone's not giving them to you doesn't mean that you can't be good to yourself and start giving them to yourself. Yeah, it may not feel as special, but their flowers are still enjoyable, whomever, however you get them, I think. So like allowing yourself um, to start meeting those needs now. I would absolutely echo that for couples. 
you know, um, we often look to our spouse to meet all of our needs. And a lot of times they're going to disappoint us because they're not capable of meeting all of our needs. So if they don't bring you flowers, it's okay to pick up some flowers when you're in the grocery store. Or if you're not getting enough touch, it is appropriate to get a massage or, or do something appropriate within the boundaries of your relationship to get that need met and not rely solely on that partner. So um, really recognizing what each relationship's strengths are and that the weaknesses can be built or can be strengthened over time, but not expecting that, that weakness to just go away and become a strength. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Those are all great words. I think great concepts. And I currently have Miley Cyrus in my head now, so um, we can buy ourselves flowers and write our name in the sand. And um, I love my mm -hmm. brain. It's such a uh, chaotic <laughs> place sometimes. So, no, and I appreciate And the tie-in, I think a lot of times with the ND community, the, the neurodivergence, I are just realizing a lot of times that we do have some of these, we do have these limitations and we can be disappointing. And, and especially ADHDers with our rejection sensitivity is that we're, we're so aware of that, um, you know, and at the same time, occasionally oblivious because everything's always one extreme or another. Um, so hopefully being able to talk to somebody, being able to, to have that person that we can bounce it off of and just recognize where we are um, is so key. So mm -hmm. as always, and I know we are just scratching the surface here. I mean, there's so much on these topics that I, I know I can just talk to both of you for hours because we have. Um, you know, uh, but hopefully, uh, as, as people are following us in this journey, we can catch different things. So if, if the disappointment they're experiencing is, is a, a sexual discrepancy, desire discrepancy, our past episode, um, was, was really working with that. If it's, you know, lacking pleasure in our lives, they can go to the previous episode and, you know, find that the pursuit of pleasure, um, or just scroll through and, and hopefully find those things that really meet their needs. So, uh, we are here to help and hopefully not to disappoint. Uh, and if we're dealing with disappointment, please write us and let us know. What, uh, let us know what we can do. Um, also make sure you, make sure you uh, like, share, uh, subscribe, rate, review, because all of these things uh, just help us carry on this mission uh, that these two amazing women uh, and I are doing together. So, um, so once again, if people want to get in touch, Marlena, you are at? CoachMarlena.com. Yep. And Sherry, is that? I'm at the Facebook group. The Facebook community is Date Night Community. Date Night Community on Facebook. And I am Matthew E. Morgan, or you can find me on the socials at Misfit Refuge. Um, and just stay tuned next week and we will bring you the next topic. So have a great week, everybody. Mm -hmm.